Oh, come on, let's love him all across this building. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, when you got the Holy Ghost, you're never alone. Come on, you feel his presence in this building. You are never alone. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. Come on, let's, let's continue to entertain the presence of God for a few moments. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, we give you praise. I lift up my worship. Hallelujah. To my heavenly Father, the one that will never leave us nor forsake us. The friend that sticks closer than a brother. Hallelujah. You said you'll be with us even to the end of the age. And we give you praise. Yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we'll fear no evil because we know that you are with us. You are an ever-present help in time of trouble. I give you praise. I lift up my eyes towards the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise all across this house. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Feels good to be in the house of the Lord and to feel the presence of God that we feel in this house. Amen. At this time, we'd like to dismiss our Sunday school students to their classrooms and their teachers as well. Everybody say God bless our Sunday school kids. And God bless our Sunday school teachers. Amen. They give up their Sunday service. Amen. Where they can go and minister to the kids. And it is greatly appreciated. Amen. As they develop this next generation. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of Ezekiel chapter 37. Beginning in verse number 1. Ezekiel chapter 37. Amen. What a wonderful atmosphere that we have in this house. Anybody feel the Holy Ghost in this place? Amen. Amen. Good to have all of our guests and our visitors and our friends that are visiting with us. Amen. It's also good to have Richard back in the house of the Lord. Going to be baptized today. In Jesus' name, praise God. Ezekiel chapter 37 and verse number 1. The Bible says, the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O oh Lord God, only you know. Again, he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O oh, ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews or flesh upon you, and I will bring up flesh upon you, and 
cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. And he said unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say unto the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived. Everybody say that. And they lived and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. An exceeding great army. And I want to preach to us for a few moments with the help of the Holy Ghost on this subject. God's plan for regeneration. God's plan for regeneration. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray as a church. I feel like life is going to enter back into some people today. Come on, I feel like there's some connective, connectivity that's been lost is about to be regained today. Hallelujah. There's some coverings that have been lost that are coming back today. There's life that's coming back into this house. There's breath that's coming back in this house. Come on. Hallelujah. You and God know exactly where you've been at. Amen. But God came to send a preacher to help us here today. Hallelujah. Come on. Somebody magnify the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God regenerates your people. God regenerate every individual in this house. God, we give you great praise and glory. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands to the Lord and give God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated for a few moments here today. God's plan for regeneration. God speaks to people. But God speaks to people in different ways. Some receive, as Elijah, a still small voice. Others are like Joseph, and they receive dreams, like Jacob, visions of the night. Amen. But there are, there are unique people through the Bible, namely when we talk about the major prophets, now, we don't call them major prophets because their book is better than Daniel or some of these other ones. It's just that they wrote a lot more. Amen. And so if you want to be a major prophet, write a lot. Amen. Uh, and so the major prophets, this would be Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. God has a unique way of speaking to them. Amen. You often find uh, they're asked to do things that other people would not do. Amen. Uh, I won't go into all the details, but... Uh, one of them was called by God to lay on his side for a couple years, amen, uh, and then turn to the other side. And it doesn't make a lot of sense to the average individual why God would have somebody do this. But as soon as they get done with this, uh, this action or this activity, God would then start speaking to them 
and giving them a word to speak to the people. And uh, I, I might as well just say this. If you are looking to be used of God in any form, you are, you are most likely going to be taking places other people don't want to go. You're going to be put into circumstances that other people uh, would, would likely avoid. Amen. You're going to find yourself being uh, asked by God to do things that others would not do. Amen. In fact, one prophet uh, was told there's, there's some things you're going to have to eat if you're going to be a prophet. And uh, I won't go into the details. If you've read the Bible, you know what it is. And uh, you're going to have to, you're going to have to endure this. Others, you're going to have to lay in some mud. You're going to have to feel like a pig for a little while. And, and then you get up from it and it doesn't make sense in the moment until God gives you a word to speak over the people. And you find that Ezekiel is one of those men that he gets to be in these moments. God takes him to a place. He transports him, whether in the physical or in the supernatural, I don't know. But he takes him to a valley that is filled with bones. Amen. I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound uh, very exciting to me. Doesn't sound like a place I'd really want to be if... If they're all dead here, I don't want to be there. And so God takes him into this valley of dry bones and takes him into this place and begins to show him the entire lay of the land. And everywhere that Ezekiel goes, he sees these bones. He is in an open grave. It is a valley that is filled with human remains. I know that that... We read the Bible and think, oh, that's no big deal. But I promise you, you see one skull, you're going to freak out. I'm not talking about Halloween fake ones. I'm talking about you see one, you're going to call the police. The forensics are going to come out. They're going to figure out what happened. But imagine being the prophet. You don't know why God brought you here. You don't know why God sent you to this place where, amen, everywhere that you go, there's nothing but dead, dry, disconnected bones. It does not make sense in the moment. You would not surround yourself being a living being with a bunch of dead things. And the prophet's got to walk through and God says, no, I don't want you to just, amen, be here for a moment. I want you to walk around. I want you to take the whole glance. And everywhere he goes, he's stepping on a femur bone and he's tripping over, amen, an arm bone. And he's tripping over ankle bones and he's trying to find his way through all of this. death. He's looking for life in an area where there is none. The vultures have disappeared long ago. There's nothing left for them to eat. In fact, it's not just bones. It's not just an open pit grave. The Bible tells us, behold, the bones were very dry. Now inside of our bones, we've got something called bone marrow, which is where our, our blood comes from. Amen. It's where uh, a lot of our DNA and genetics come from. But there comes a point where it is dried out. Where even the bone marrow itself, which is encased in the bone, no longer has any moisture to it. Amen. It is not even a, a living bone, if we could put it that way. It's, there's nothing left to it. And he looks, and not only is everything dead, but what should be left alive on the inside, what should still have a little bit of moisture, what should have, uh, amen, something you could clone, amen, something you could take some DNA from it has died itself and he's thinking oh my goodness this is a battle this is a battlefield valley amen 
want you to notice that where he was was not a hilltop. It was a valley. It was a low place. Amen. And in this low place, amen, you find through the Bible every, amen, every time they have a battle, amen, just about every battle you see in the Bible did not happen on the mountaintop. Just about every fight you ever see, amen, whether it be Goliath or the Philistines or the Midianites, just about every battle converged itself down in the valley where they could meet one another in hand-to-hand combat with swords, with spears, and with axes. It was a battleground, amen. I know there's people that when they're living on the top, they think they could fight any battle and beat any devil, but I've got news for you you. Amen. Your battle will not happen at the top. Your battle will happen at the bottom. Your battle does not happen when you're shouting with everybody at church. Your battle will happen when you are all alone. Amen. All by yourself and you turn around and there's nothing but dead and dry things. That's where the battle comes in. Oh, somebody ought to clap your hands and give God praise. Amen. You're going to have to, amen, there's there's many that would say, well, I, I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to do this, that, or the other for the Lord. Uh, amen. And it's usually in a moment of exuberance and excitement. Uh, amen. But I want to tell you where exuberance and excitement can't take you. Uh, amen. It can't take you into the valley uh, because when you get into the valley, uh, you start realizing the battle is real. The struggle is real. There are challenges I've got to face. Come on, it's it's in the valley you start realizing there's bills that need to be paid. Uh, people get sick. Uh, people die. It's in the valley uh, you're fighting side by side and your best friend goes down. It's in the valley uh, that you really encounter warfare. Uh, but I want to tell you, it's in the valley that makes great warriors. Uh, it's in the dark times that makes great warriors. I'm not preaching somewhere I haven't lived. I'm preaching where I've lived and got my battle scars. They never came from the mountaintops where I was hanging out with Jesus and everything was well. It came when I didn't know what was going to happen, when I did not know the next step to make. And I was in the middle of the battle, in the middle of the valley. And that's where you grow. Oh, somebody ought to give God a shout of praise. Amen. But I also want to explain something to you. It is in the valley where they converge and there is a battle. Amen. But not everybody makes it out of the valley. Those that win the fight or escape the fight flee back to their homes and flee back to their mountainside resort where everything's comfortable. But there are others that have been in the valley and somewhere in the valley they have become wounded to the point where they cannot escape the valley. Some died immediately. Amen. A mortal wound. Others could not transport themselves out of this low place. And they died. Amen. Slow deaths in this valley. Amen. And as time goes by, uh, the vultures come out uh, and remove what semblance of humanity was left on those that never left the valley come to preach to somebody today everybody in this valley has one thing in common 
It may not be their nationality. It may not be what side they were fighting for. Uh, amen. It may not be the color of their skin or their hair color. It may not be their height. Uh, it may not even be their gender. But they all have one thing in common. Uh, every single one of them fell in the valley. Every single one of them died in the valley. Every single one of them died in the battle. They did not survive the fight. They did not end their lives in victory, but they ended their lives in defeat and in failure, whether they were on one side or on the other. Regardless of who won the battle, they lost. And now they've got a piece over here that's been torn by this animal and that animal. Not trying to be gross, but this is what happened. And they are everywhere he goes, there's bones here and bones there. And he thinks, oh man, this is bad. This is a lot of this is a lot of loss. This is a lot of failure. This is a lot of mistakes. This is a lot of people that never made it out of the low place. Amen. And it goes bad to worse when he looks and he goes, these bones are very dry. Amen. These bones have not only just been in the valley, they have been in the valley a long time. Amen. They've been scorched and bleached by the sun. Amen. You can't even tell. Amen. Whether they're animal bones or people bones at this point. Amen. And he starts looking. Amen. And he's trying to figure out, why did God bring me here? What What's the purpose and what's the point? And then God begins to speak to him and he asks him this question. He speaks and says, Ezekiel, can these bones live? Can these ones right here? Hallelujah. I don't know of any bones that can live, God. But if there are already bones that can live, it's certainly not these ones. Hallelujah. And he looks and he says, you know, I've walked around this valley. Amen. Can these bones live? The ones that have fallen, the ones that are very dry, the ones that are disconnected, and amen, the ones that amen, have been dragged this way and dragged that way, lost an arm in battle, and now it's over here. Amen. Can these bones live? And he looks up towards God and says, I have no idea whether or not these bones can live, but I do know I serve a God that has the answer as to whether or not these bones right here can live amen can I preach to somebody you may not know whether or not there's life after this but you got a God that you can talk to that knows that there can still be life but I've fallen and I can't get up there can still be life but I failed there can still be life but I dried out there can still be life but I don't know how I'm going to make it there can still be life well I've already given up on myself there can still be life I Come on, can these bones live? Can your marriage live? Can your family live? Can your backslidden loved ones live? I want to preach to somebody. There's a God in heaven that knows whether they can or not. And there's a God in heaven that can make them live again. Somebody ought to shout and give God praise. Come on, there's life coming back into this valley. There's life coming back into these bones. There's life coming back into your family. There's life coming back into your worship. There's life coming back into your praise. There's life. Somebody ought to give God glory. Somebody ought to give God praise. Let's lift up our hands for a moment. Let's magnify the Lord. Come on, he's in this house. 
Come on. Well, God, I've walked around this family long enough. I don't know if they can live. They can live, all right. Well, I walked around this area or this uh, situation. Uh, I don't know if it can make it. Uh, they can make it uh, if you call on the name of the Lord. Can these bones live? There are so many that live a pessimistic Christianity. Amen. But I also know there's some of us that will live a realistic Christianity. These are dry bones, God. I'm not even trying to be pessimistic. I, I don't even, I don't know how it's possible. Amen. But I want to tell you, there's so many people that immediately they would answer that question with an emphatic no. No. These cannot live. Can things get better? No. Things cannot get better. Amen. Can you grow? No. Can't grow in this area. Amen. Because they've already walked around it long enough. They've seen the damage that has been done. They have seen what has fallen and what has died. They've seen what has not made it out of the low place. And seeing through the eyes of the flesh, they look and they respond. Amen. Without an ounce of faith. Because what they see does not line up with what faith would tell them. And they say there is no possibility. And I would tell you here today that in the flesh, you're right. There is no chance. There is no hope. There is no possibility to bring life from dry bones. But when you enter into faith and you start bringing God into the impossibility, with God all things are possible. When you bring God in the equation, even dead dry bones can come back together. Even a broken family can be restored. Even misplaced and broken trust can be healed. But you gotta bring God in the picture. Somebody ought to give God praise. Can it live? If you bring God into the picture, anything is possible. If you bring God into it, anything can live. There's many people that would live and they'd always answer in the negative and not in the affirmative. Can you get up after falling? Nope. Can you live after this mistake? Definitely not. No, God, I'm too broken. I'm too busted. I've made too many mistakes. I've failed God. Or you could put it on somebody else. No, there's no way they could ever come back to God. And you project onto other people based on your inabilities and your insecurities about yourself or about others. But I've said it before and I'll say it a thousand more times. Just because you and I can't doesn't mean God can't. You're right. You can't fix it. You're right. You don't have the answers. You're right. And that puts you one step closer to, to getting the answer right. Even the moment you and I figure out we can't do it without God's help, the better off that we are because now we know where to turn to. Now we know where to go. I can go to God and God can make it happen. Only a prophet had the right answer. He could have answered in his flesh, but he's still trying to figure out why God brought him here. God didn't bring him here just to see dead things stay dead things. Can I preach to you? God didn't send my wife and I to this city to see dead things stay dead things. I came to see life and life more abundantly. I came to see people get restored. I say I came to see the sick be healed. I came to see the dead be raised to life again. 
but you got to have a vision for what can be out of everything that you thought could not be. You got to be willing to walk by faith and not by sight and say, I know with God's help what can live. I know that by the grace of God, this marriage is going to be fixed. I know by the grace of God, you're coming out of debt. I know by the grace of God, the church is going to grow. I know you got to have faith and you got to speak faith. You got to live faith. You got to walk and dance and praise God in faith. Somebody ought to shout. Only God knows. Only God knows what life can come out of this. Only God knows what good things can come out of this. You and I see problems, but God sees possibilities. We look. And we see through through the flesh. Ain't no way. This is why you got to have a prayer life. This is why you got to have a prayer life. Because a prayer life will help you see beyond what you see. Hallelujah. I just don't know about this. Have you prayed about it? I thought about it. I felt about it. Have you really sat down and prayed about it? Because the moment you and I start praying about it, we'll get answers that we never thought possible. God will give us faith for things we never thought we could have faith for. God starts speaking to the prophet and giving him his plan to regenerate all the degenerate things. He's given him a plan of how to rebuild that which has been broken down. And I've come to preach to you God's plan for regeneration, he tells the prophet, I know it's dead. I know there's no life. I know it's dry. I know everything around you has fallen by the wayside and never made it out of the low place. But this is what he tells the prophet to do. He says, prophesy or preach to those bones. Amen. I've preached in a library before, and I've preached in a graveyard before. Amen. I'd rather preach in the library. Amen. But there are times where you're just going to have to get up and preach to what you never thought could become. Amen. Other people tell you you're crazy, but you got to keep on preaching to it. Keep on prophesying to it. Keep on speaking to it. And you never know what God will do. And God said, don't focus on what is not. Preach to what could be. Preach the possibility of life and life more abundantly. And he started preaching and prophesying to the bones. I don't know how that sermon went, Brother Mark, but it might have been like, I want the knee bone to be connected to the leg bone. I want the... He started preaching as best he could, and there was nothing even blinking at him. And he started preaching that these bones have been separated for far too long. It's time for some fellowship. These bones have been separated. It's time to connect in prayer. It's time to read your Bible. I don't know what the sermon was, but something began to shake, and something began to happen. I thank God for the day I walked to an apostolic church and the man of God stood up and started preaching to these dry bones that even the own family said, ain't nothing going to happen with him. 
No possibilities from a busted broke family. My only hope was death or a drug addiction. But I'm here today preaching to you because somebody stood up and said, look what the Lord can do. Might be dry today, but it won't be dry tomorrow. Might be dead today, but it won't be dead tomorrow. You got to build yourself up in faith. Build yourself up in encouragement. It might be like it now, but it doesn't always have to be this way. Somebody ought to lift up your hands and magnify the Lord for a moment. Come on. Come on, while I'm preaching, there's a rattling of the bones. Come on, while I'm preaching, there's a rattling in your spirit as things are starting to come back together. As I preach, you're starting to get a revelation of what you can be. You're starting to get hope again. You need, you need a word from God. This is why some people, they only live in the valley and they stay in the valley and they die in the valley. They get dry in the valley because they never see beyond where they are. You need to have somebody come and speak faith to you. You need to have somebody speak life to you. Because it's in that moment, what you thought was impossible becomes possible. What you thought would never be, amen, starts to, starts to take shape and starts to take form. This is why I think it's important that you come to the house of the Lord because you'd be shocked in that moment what happens. Amen. You might think you just came and heard another sermon, but there was something happening in the spirit where God started connecting things that you didn't have connected before. Come on, you can go beyond being disconnected here and disconnected there, not understanding this, understanding that. When you come to the house of the Lord, revelation starts putting things together. He said, prophesy to the bones. Amen. I want to tell you, what you are is not what you always have to be. Where you've been is not where you're going. You might have died in the valley, got dry in the valley, but that does not have to be your resting place. You don't have to make a graveyard in the valley. You can get up. I've fallen. You can get up. I failed. You can be forgiven. I made mistakes. They can be erased. You got to hear this preacher today. God loves you, and God wants to make something out of you. He said, prophesy unto the dry bones and say to the dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, I'm going to cause breath to come in you. We ain't even got lungs, God. You say, let everything have breath, praise the Lord, and it goes silent. Ain't no lungs. Ain't no breath. And God says, you start prophesying to the bones. He goes, and when the bones, been, they started, the Bible says it started a sound. And there started being a shaking as he prophesied. And I don't know how far apart the hand was from the arm. Amen. But it started rattling. It started, you want to know what you were feeling in worship? You were feeling a shaking. You were feeling a rattling of the Holy Ghost. 
You want to know what we felt in that prayer room? The Holy Ghost was saying, I'm going to rattle some things. Well, God, why is my life shaking out of control? It's shaking into control. It's shaking back into order. It's not out of order. you got to let God keep moving on you. Started shaking. Amen. The earth began to quake. Amen. Not every bit, and not every turmoil and tremor in your life is there to hurt you. Sometimes trouble's there to make you better. Nothing with God is wasted, not even a trial, not even trouble, not even grief, sorrow, and pain. Nothing is wasted with God, and God will use every bit of it, amen, to take you from this disconnected place over here and put you back over here to... Can I preach to you? God is interested in making whole people. You can't serve God with half a heart. He wants to make your heart whole so you can serve him with your whole heart. You can't worship in holiness without being whole. And so God says, I got to take this broken piece you lost when you were seven years old because this person dismembered it and disconnected it. Amen. And this family member, this situation, and I'm going to take what you lost and I'm going to shake it to the place where you come to an altar and God puts it back together. Oh, somebody ought to give God praise. God's got to go and make you whole. He starts connecting. God's interested in making you whole. God is not interested in you staying broken and busted. There's some people they think, amen, that God only wants them to be broken and busted for the rest of their life. But everybody Jesus came in contact with, he healed them. He forgave them. He healed them. He cleansed them. He made them better than they were when they showed up. Listen, come as you are, but when the Holy Ghost gets done with you, you will not be what you were. Limp your way to church, crawl your way to the altar, do what you got to do, but by the time you leave, I serve the kind of God that will make you whole. Well, preacher, I, I lost that in a battle a long time ago. You can have it back. Come on, you can have it back. That's what we call regeneration. Amen. He starts prophesying to the bones. And then God says, prophesy to the, to the skin. Skin upon them. Prophesy. Amen. That now they're no longer just put back together. Because some people think all God wants to do is just put them back together. Listen, we don't need zombies or skeletons walking around. That's how some people really are. They think that that's all God cares about. Even that they just, well, I, at least I'm here. <laughs> Listen, at least I'm here. Brother, you need life. God wants to not only make you whole, God wants to make you alive and well. Well, at least we're still married. God wants to give you a happy marriage to the one you're with. Not the next one. God wants to make the one you're with a happy man. What's happening? Well, at least we're still there and connected. No, God wants to go beyond just connection. God wants to take your marriage, connect it, and then start covering it. Can I preach to somebody? God's not just interested in connecting. God wants to cover you. He wants to cover your failures, cover your mistakes, cover your issues, cover your... 
He wants to make the two become whole so the two can become one. And when those two become one, he wants to cover that marriage with his favor. Cover that marriage with... I don't know why I'm preaching on marriage today, but somebody needs to hear it. Amen. I came to preach to somebody. You need to let God reconnect you, make you whole, and then you need to let the grace of God cover you. Somebody ought to love him in this house. I'm just about done preaching. I just came to prophesy to a future you thought you could never have. You can have it. You can have it. You can have it. You can have a covered life. You can have a good life. You can have a happy life. You can't have a happy life when you're broken. You're always focused on what you lost and not what you have. You can't have a happy life when you're always worried about this arms over here and this family members over here. There's always a disconnection. And so God brings you together and then God says prophesy to the skin that I might cover them. Because the moment that God covers them, amen, like when God formed man in the garden in the cool of the day, amen, that the moment God covers them with the flesh, all of a sudden now the blood can start flowing. And what was dead and dry is no longer dead and dry anymore. And what had no life, the Bible says the life of the flesh is in the blood. You, you know why you need to get baptized? I'll tell you why you need to get baptized. The Bible says we're buried with him through baptism. The Bible says it's baptism that cleanses us. It's baptism that washes all our sins away. What is happening? I'll tell you what's happening. The moment you get covered by the water, the blood starts flowing in your life. The moment you get covered by the water, uh, you thought you just took a bath. uh, But, honey, you didn't just take a bath. Uh, What happens uh, is all those things from your past uh, are washed away. Uh, The blood is cleansing you. The blood is making you whole in the areas you did not have life. Uh, Life starts coming to be. He prophesies to the bones, and they start connecting. Knee bone connecting to leg bone. Hand bone connecting to the wrist bone. Amen. And all of a sudden, it doesn't matter how how broken apart they were because of the battle that they'd been through and the struggle they had endured. All of a sudden they came together and then he said prophesy to the skin and the skin came upon them. And when the skin came upon them, all of a sudden the organs started coming back and now they could feel again. Their hearts started coming back and and the blood was there and it was flowing. But get this. They, they, they were there, but the Bible says they were still not alive. You know, you can look alive, but not really be alive. I'm here at church. Skeletons and zombies, hallelujah. He said, if you don't have breath in your body, you're not alive. The Bible says in Genesis that God breathed into man the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Which means without the breath of God, you and I are not alive. You, you, you might be walking through life, but you're not living through life. You're existing, not living, and there's a big difference between existence and living, and God wants to help you live. God wants to give you life. And so he tells the man of God, now prophesy to the wind. Prophesy to that which is external, that it might fill them et- internally. 
And can I preach to you, this is God expounding to the prophet exactly what is happening when somebody is regenerated. The man of God is to preach through the word of God. And as the word of God is preached, the worlds are framed by the word of God. What happens when you hear preaching is things start coming back into order and things start coming back into orbit. Yeah. When you and I hear the word of God, things that are things that we've lost and disconnected will come back. You can recover those things, the things you thought would never get back. But not only that, when the preaching goes forth, amen, there's something that starts to happen, amen, to the things that are hearing the preaching. There is a moving, not only of the preached word, but now there's a moving of those that are being preached to, amen, and all of a sudden something starts to resonate. And no doubt while I've been preaching this, something has risen up in your heart. What's happening? You're getting some regeneration. But it does not stop there because as the preacher preaches and the people start moving with what is being preached, all of a sudden, amen, the wind of God starts moving. That is the Holy Ghost. That is the power of God. And as you felt it since we walked in the house, the Holy Ghost starts moving on dead things and dead situations and where there was no life. He starts bringing it back to life. Where there was no hope, he starts bringing it and filling it with hope. Somebody ought to shout all across this building. God's spirit starts moving. The preacher is preaching or prophesying the word of God's going forth. And the people start responding to what they feel. That's God's plan for regeneration. And that great shaking starts to happen. That connection starts happening. That covering starts happening. That unity starts happening. That stability starts happening. That connectivity starts happening. And all of a sudden you see this entire, amen, what was once a fallen army of people that had fallen in battle, fallen in the valley. The Bible says that they were standing at attention, lined up like the army that they were created to to be before they ever fail. Can I preach to you that God doesn't just want to make you a little better. Amen. God wants to make a soldier out of you. God doesn't want to just make you a little better than you were last week. God wants to put the weapons in your hand to not only live life, but to win it life. Oh, somebody ought to stand across the building and lift up your hands. Let's pray all across this building. I feel the wind of God blowing in this house. You can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost in this building. You can be refilled with the gift of the Holy Ghost this morning. Come on, somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. There's people in this house, you feel the Spirit of God moving on you. You're in the right place. God wants to help bring things back together and bring things back to order for you. And then God wants to cover you with His grace and cover you with His mercy. And then God wants to fill you with His Spirit. God brought this prophet to a valley full of disconnected, discombobulated bones. Dry bones with no life. No life. And the Bible says 
that as he began to prophesy, things started coming back together. And now they're standing there at attention. And God says, I'm going to breathe life into them. And when that life came into those fallen soldiers, disconnected, hurt people, the Bible says they stood an exceeding great army. What can God make out of you and I today? What potential is latent in this house today? That as I preached, amen, some things have started clicking for some people. Some things have started coming together. That when you stand before God, amen, you might have thought of yourself one way when you walked in. But by the time you leave, you're going to have much greater potential than you ever thought possible. Here's the best part about this. They had fallen in battle. But they get a second chance to fight. Can I preach to somebody? You know what? A second chance is one of the greatest gifts you can ever get. And God has given second chances out like candy today. God has given second chances, third chances, fourth chance. Well, I fell again. Get back up. Get back up. Get back up. You're still a soldier. You're still in the army. Well, I lost this. Get it back and get back up. Well, I fail here. Get up and fight again. Well, I don't know what's going on. Get up and fight again. Somebody ought to lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, there's people in this house. You have fallen in the valley. You've fallen into hard times. You've fallen into difficult situations. And God sent a preacher to tell you that if you will, if you will let God move on you, uh, amen, you can get those things back that you lost, and you can get back to the purpose God called you to walk in. God can make an army out of fallen people. Hmm. Somebody needs to hear me today. God can make an army out of fallen, flawed, failed people. Well, I, I haven't served God for all these years. Start serving God now. Well, I failed God. Welcome to the club. Welcome to the army. We'll accept anybody. Hallelujah. You don't have to go through boot camp. We're just going to accept you right in. Sign here, here, and here. Welcome to the Lord's army. Well, I don't know if I'm fit for it. Neither am I. Welcome to the army. <laughs> Hallelujah. And the prophet didn't understand why he was there in the beginning. And God says, now go prophesy to my people. If I can do it for them, if I can use them, I can use you too. If I can make a valley of dry bones an army and it's dead and dry, what can I do with people that still have breath in their body? 
that still have potential that is latent within them. There are people in this house that you have been sitting on potential. Amen. I'm talking about nuclear potential that could just ignite this whole world with the Holy Ghost. But you need to let God fill you again. Amen. And you need to be willing to stand up and say, God, I'm going to serve you with all my heart. If you will let God work on you and work in you, there is no telling what God can do with you. I feel the Holy Ghost. Let's lift up our hands. Let's pray. I got a lot more we could preach, but I feel Jesus in this house. If God can do that for a valley of dead, dry bones, what can God do with your life, with your family, with your marriage, with your children, with your ministry? Come on with your walk with God. If God can do that, amen, with the most unlikely sorts of people, what can God do with you and I? If God can use fallen people, you're in good company here today. God can use you. I want to open up this altar. Would you come down to this front, lift up your hands, and say, God, would you restore unto me certain things that I've lost? Would you cover me, God, and would you fill me up? If you have never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, that is the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. That is the power of the Holy Ghost, the power of God. You can have it today, but you gotta, you got to come down and give God praise and watch God fill you with power. Come on. There's some folks that are going to leave this house. They're going to go from dead, dry, to living and fighting and not just existing in life, but they are going to go out of this house ready to do battle for their family, ready to do battle for the kingdom of God. Come on. God is regenerating that which is lost. God is restoring that which was stolen. God is putting it back into your heart, putting it back in your mind. You need to dream again. You need to let the Holy Ghost move on you again. Come on, you can make it. You can become something. There is no telling what God can do with your family, what God can do with your life. God wants to raise up preachers, missionaries, evangelists. You can say, well, I don't know how that's going to happen. You don't know my past. You don't know my background. But I do know my God. And my God can make something out of nothing. My God can take your brokenness and make somebody whole with it. I thought by now they'd fall. Come on. Come on, there's but a shaking in this house. There's a rattling in this house. Again. Come on, there's the moving of God's spirit in this house. You can get everything God has for you. Waiting for change to come. Knowing the battles won. But you have never your promise still stands great is your faithfulness faithfulness i'm still in your hands this is my
know the night won't last Your world will come to pass My heart will sing your praise again Jesus, you're still
still 